0: Charles Spurgeon made this statement. He said, Brethren, we shall never see much change for the better in our churches in general till the prayer meeting occupies a higher place in the esteem of Christians. 58% of adults say they pray every day. And that number includes many who never go to church. And you know what I'm talking about. You work with people, you know people who say they pray but know nothing of the God of prayer. And it seems even much less would take place when we think about group prayer, especially in the day that we live with such an independent spirit. So this evening I want to consider why it is important and beneficial to pray together as a church family. And we wanna see a few things about this. And before we do, I wanna make a comment. Some may say, haven't we considered that as a recent topic? And that's true, that's true. But at the same time, the reason I'm considering it tonight is because After so many years in ministry, I believe this is one of the most neglected events in the life of the church. And we all want a church that prays. But then we find it easy at times to miss it. And it has become almost a frustration or burden to me when it comes to realize how was I over the years when I wasn't the pastor. Well, tonight we want to begin by looking at it, by saying, if you will, the church at prayer is a mark of New Testament Christianity. And you're familiar with the verse in Acts 2 that tells us that they continued. Those who had just gotten saved, they continued. They persevered in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer, doing all those together. See, they were saved out of what we might say of heathendom, out of Jewish living, out of various um, areas throughout the Asia, different lifestyles, the Greeks and so on. And when they got saved, God changed them, and they, uh, there was a difference found in their lives. And in reflecting on that, we ought to look, do I have that desire to pray? Because without corporate prayer, we must realize that the church will soon be lifeless and powerless. Prayer is something that is needed. And so in light of that, the next thing I want to look at is the church at prayer is linked with the effectiveness of the gospel and the church itself, the ministry of the church. Would you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter four, please? Acts chapter four. This morning we looked at many verses on the screen. This morning you're gonna this evening you ought to wet your thumb and be ready to turn. And we begin by looking at Acts chapter four, beginning at verse eighteen. Acts four, verse eighteen says this. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or, nor teach in the name of Jesus. The apostles have been preaching. They got in trouble. And so they said, don't do this anymore. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, will you judge? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them They let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what they had done. For the man was over 40 years old, on whom the miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. That means they're praying with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Notice they prayed and they began by looking at God and basing what they had to say in the next few verses upon the scriptures. And we come to verse 29 and notice what's on their mind. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now as we look at this passage, and verse 31 ends by saying, the Spirit came upon them, and they were spoke with boldness. All that followed prayer by the believers, by those who knew the Lord. They prayed together, and God did a great work. And we see in church history that the church has been the strongest when it prayed together. I want to look at another familiar passage. Would you go to Acts 12? Acts 12. And and if the passages get um, boring with you, we ought to ask ourselves why. Um, Just like David had the gall to steal a passage I was going to use this morning, but hey, we end up reading it twice. So? Chapter 12 of Acts, verse 1 says, Now, about the time that Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Things aren't going well in the church. One of their own has been martyred. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. And it was during the days of unleavened bread. So Peter is in prison. And we read in verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. They were together praying for Peter. One of their own was down in the jail. James had just been put to death. This was no light matter, and the church saw fit to get together to pray. You know the rest of the account, how Peter was released by an angel. He came to the church. And one thing they were shocked at, I believe, was that they were shocked at how quick their prayer was answered. But as we think about it, I want to narrow in on one thing for a moment, and that is the preacher. See, the preacher and his sermons need your prayer. This is something that is needed in the church, even as we've mentioned recently. Well, you turn in your Bibles to Romans 15, Romans 15. As we look at Paul's desire here, as he's writing to the church, and in verse 30, we read this, Romans 15, verse 30. He says, now I beg you, brethren. Doesn't sound like he's taking something lightly, does he? Now I beg you, brethren. Through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. That means you got to strive. It's something you got to put yourself into. Because frankly, I'm tired and I'd rather be home sleeping <coughs> or I've got a job to do. But, but there's this necessity, verse 31, that I might be delivered from those in Judah, Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. See, pray that these things would take place. Ephesians chapter 6, would you go there, please? Ephesians chapter 6. And in verse 18. As he's addressing the church, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Now, it's putting yourself into prayer. And for me, Paul said, that utterance may be given to me, that I might be able to speak, that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. This is one of his uh, prison epistles, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I need your prayers. I need to see these things done. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 says, For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ who is our life. That's not the passage I wanted. Is it chapter 4? Meanwhile, praying also, also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. Again, praying that God would open doors, that he would preach and be faithful to the ministry of the word. We also read in 2 Thessalonians as he talks about um, his desire for them. He says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly or quickly and be glorified just as it is with you. Pray that the word goes forth. When we gather, we ought to be praying that God will use his word, not only in my life, but the person in the other side of the room, in the back or in the front, that God would work in lives. Ian Bounds, known for his books on prayer, said this. He said, If Paul was so dependent on the prayers of God's saints to give his ministry success, How much greater necessity that the prayers of God's saints be centered on the ministry today. Bathing the ministry of the word in prayer. I remember being in a pastor's fellowship when we were in Ohio years ago and we were sharing a time of prayer requests and everything. This one pastor brought this prayer request. He said, We had an old lady, a dear saint, go to be with the Lord a couple months ago. And when she died, and he paused. He said, she took something with her. And that was my preaching. Because I knew every day she's praying for my ministry. Even during church, she would pray. And he said, and when she went to be with the Lord, he said, I felt something just left the ministry. In other words, he was saying prayer is important. I had a widow lady came up to me one time, and she said, Pastor, I want you to know I pray for you every day. Those type of things are encouraging, and ought to encourage us that people are behind the ministry of the word. Right along with this is the certainty of praying for evangelism and missions. We get letters from missionaries. We send them out to the church family. They aren't just to fill your mailbox on your computer. Those letters are sent for us to follow, to pray. There are needs. And what we don't know is what's behind what they ask in one sentence. Because Satan doesn't want the gospel or any of his ministry, of the Lord's ministry, to go on any place in the world. Well, let's move on. The next thing I want to look at is the church at prayer for the church. Go to James chapter 5, please. James chapter 5. And look at verse 14. James 5, verse 14. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The emphasis there is the praying. I'm not going to get into the oil tonight. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. That is... It will cause him to see his heart. That could be going on why he's um, ill. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There are needs in the church. We need to be praying that God would work in hearts. Go to Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. This is an interesting portion as we look at the ministry and life of our Savior. Matthew 26, verse 38, says this. Then he said to them, to his disciples, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. They went to pray, and he says, Wait here, guys. This is weighing so heavy on me, I'm going to go over there and pray. And you pray with me and share this time together. Verse 40. And he came back after he had prayed to the disciples, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, Jesus asked a group of friends to pray with him. But the sad part here is that they were tired for whatever reason, and they couldn't do it. Have you ever been like that? Where you might, if you're physically able, to get on your knees, you lay at the bed, and you start praying? and oh, your prayer life is so long, when you wake up, it's, you know. I mean, we do that, we're we're human, we get tired. But at the same time, we need to realize people are depending on us to pray. Healthy Christianity is a praying Christianity. One said this, beware of the spiritual independence of a completely privatized prayer life. What was it meant by that? Well, I pray by myself. I have my prayer time at home. That's good, we ought to. But what he's also saying there, as Acts 2 and other places said, we need to pray together. We ought to hear others' voices, who the guy sitting next to me, the woman or whatever the case may be. We're told to pray together, and the joy of getting together in groups. Anyone can pray by themselves, but we must remember, God has ordained the prayer time of praying together. We saw that in, throughout the Book of Acts. But the next thing I want to see is the church at prayer biblically. Go to Ephesians chapter one. So I told you we we don't have that many more passages, less than a hundred. But Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 16. Ephesians 1, verse 16. Paul says, as we think about the church praying biblically, he says, do not cease to give thanks, uh, talking about his prayer life, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, praying that they would grow and know the Lord better, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul is saying, I pray for you, God. I pray for you that certain things will take place. And he goes on and lists it. Go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Again, their spiritual walk, various elements of it. Paul is praying for their love here to one another, and that they would discern things spiritually. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And again, as Paul is. Writing the Colossians, notice what he prays for here. Chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might <coughs> according <coughs> excuse me to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy those passages are similar but they are Paul is saying to each one of these churches I pray that you might grow in the things of the Lord and that you might know what he would have you to do and might I say A week does not go by that I don't pray those same things for the church here. Why? Because Paul did, and God has laid that out, and it's something that needs to be done. And yet some people see prayers nothing more than going to a spiritual Santa Claus, saying, I want this and I want that, taking their bodily problems to God. Um, or whatever some people seem like a genie where they come to him at their convenience to put things away for themselves and yet you never see that of Paul other than what I want to do is be able to preach pray for me it's an exciting life to watch the apostle Paul see the God of the Bible is the sovereign Lord of the universe And he said, pray. And as we pray together and seek his will scripturally, he prays and sees it happen. In the application, I want to ask a couple questions that would come our way. The first one is this. Is corporate prayer important to you? Is getting together important to you? See, if it isn't part of your Christianity, then it's not a Christianity found in Acts 2.42. One of the four marks of the church was gathering together. You know, we use these two terms a lot. I've used them both. We have to go to church or we get to go to church. We'll say that to our children or whatever. I have to go to prayer meetings. Dear, I know we'd like to do this, but we need to be there and encourage one another and share in these things. Sometimes people are too f- fearful or self-conscious to pray aloud. You know what? None of these verses say anything about praying out loud, do they? It means they pray together. At times, somebody prays and we say amen. Amen. We're agreeing, you know, we don't have to, everybody, when you're in a circle of 50 guys or four, whatever, are are together, you don't all have to pray for the everything. Once somebody prays it and has an amen, see, the practical elements, we we don't need to be independent, we pray together. We are to strive, to be striving, that we'll be able to be a testimony for others as we share in the corporate life of the church. It's exciting to bear one another's burdens together. And the next question, will you become an active part of the prayer life of your church if we're not already? Will we make a commitment to change, to do it? Don't worry about praying out loud You know who was good at praying out loud? You go to the New Testament Gospels and you'll hear the Pharisees praying loud. Want to be heard as they pray on the corner. You know, as much as I pray for you folks, I've never stood out on the corner and done it. We don't need to do that. Don't worry about the length of prayers. David brought out this morning... Popcorn prayers. I told my wife, I haven't heard that term in years, where you just uh, make one statement of prayer, and the next person, they just pray. One sentence, and you say amen with it. Like David, and we look at his prayers in the book of Psalms. Remember the story that I shared A while back, I don't remember when, but a guy had determined that he was going to have devotions. Tonight, I'm going to start them. haven't had family devotions, and we're going to do it tonight. He was kind of nervous about it. You know, for some reason, those kind of things scare people. And when you notice, boss stopped by right at supper time. They invited him to stay, and he thought, oh, I said I was going to start devotions tonight. I couldn't put it off, but I already told my wife and kids we're going to start tonight. So he did. His boss is sitting there. And uh, he read the Bible and he prayed. And so the story goes, here's what he prayed. Oh, Lord. And he quit. He was so scared, especially with his boss there. Have you ever been scared like that? Uh, Probably we all have. But, a couple of weeks later, his boss came to him and said to him, I just want you to know I got saved. Huh? He says, it's Because of you. What? He says, Yeah. The prayer you uttered was so full of sincerity, it ate at me till I gave in to the Lord. Don't get the idea that we have to have the these, the dows, and everything else in the right place. We just pour our hearts out. That's what prayer is. I remember hearing a story where a family moved into the area, and they were going to look for a church, and they saw the Baptist church in the area, and they said, let's go there. And they visited once, and they told somebody where they went, and they said, you're kidding. You go there? Don't you know about that church? They said, that church is run by a clique. There's a group of people, a clique that runs that church. You better be careful. Well, they decided to continue going. They went week after week. And they also went to prayer meeting. They they did all the services. And after a while, it dawned on them about the church. As he looked at it and they got to know him, it was run by a click, click. There was a click in that church that stuck out to him like a sore thumb. All of a sudden he said it was the prayer meeting click that ran the church. What a story. Could that be said of Emmanuel Baptist? Where the leaders and all of us are one. And what might we move? honor God in prayer together I've been to a church my wife and I visited a church in Michigan years ago they broke up um, into two groups the men stayed in the auditorium the women went someplace else I don't know and I don't know that I ever asked Charlotte where they went another room someplace and neither group asked for prayer requests And what they did, at least with the men, I don't know what they did with the ladies, but they said, look, just pray, and we'll go from the back to the front, and you just pray. And that prayer meeting lasted the prayer time probably over a half an hour because people were praying. They were spending time with God, but not on temporal matters. They didn't take requests. They just prayed and zeroed in on spiritual things like things we saw in these passages. Some were confessing sin. Some were praying for growth and different things. I don't remember everything. It's been quite a while ago. But what an exciting time. Not for praying for different healings, but that there would be spiritual understanding in that church. And God used that church. And he's still using it today as godly men have come out from it. I would challenge even one of you men to establish a prayer time where it'd be found even before Sunday school or church, just praying for the services. Not a time to visit, but a short time of spending together for prayer. Seek God's will as we think of God leading a new under-shepherd here. And we ought to be continuing to pray as God would work in his church. And if you long for blessing on the church preaching, You need to bathe it in prayer. And I imagine as the pulpit committee gets together on a regular basis to seek God together about their role for a next pastor, that they will have wisdom as they regularly pray together. I don't know when they get together or however, but I imagine it's regular. And I imagine it's something that they see the earnest job in seeking God's will, that they'll have a man who, preaches the word it was said of the apostle Paul when he was saved in Acts chapter 9 different things were said about him some people were afraid of him and so on but one God or the Lord said to one guy one thing you're going to see about Paul among all other things he prays that's a characteristic of a believer one trusting the Lord Jesus Christ knowing God as his father and I trust that's true of us tonight and if you long for a blessing from the ministry of the word from the preaching you'll bathe it in prayer you'll pray again for the um, deacons, as they seek God's will, it's not an easy job. But pray we must. Pray as a church that God would work in each of our lives. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you've allowed us to look in our hearts and look in our lives and realize the importance of praying together. Help Emmanuel Baptist to be able to press on growing in you. The pulpit committee as they seek your will together and as we pray for them might your will be done. Now thank you for this time continue to guide this evening in Jesus' name.